I want to take a minute to tell everyone about the app that helps make this show possible. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Most importantly, it's free. I always got to lead with that. If you're new to podcasting and feel a little intimidated by the whole process, Anchor doesn't charge you a dime to set up an account, so it's a great app to use while you get your feet wet. You also don't have to be an audio engineer to produce your own show. Anchor has creation tools that allow you to record and edit your own podcast right from your own phone, tablet, or computer. You can do it anywhere. You can do it in your bedroom, fit into your closet if you can, go into a garage. You don't always have to have a fancy studio to uh, make a podcast happen. You really just need something you're passionate about and a chance to click record. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Music, Spreaker, Overcast, and many other platforms. You don't have to go log into each account and submit an RSS feed. Anchor takes care of that for you. Not only is Anchor free, but you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. I've been doing this show for 10 months and I've already been able to quit full time at my day job and just work part time. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one easy to use place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Remember, that's Anchor, 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 like from a boat. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 21 of the Cake and Conversation podcast. I'm your host, as always, Jay Vite. And today, the episode's going to be a little different than normal. If you're a returning listener, I'm not going to have a closing segment, and I'm going to keep this opening segment pretty short. Uh, the conversation I have for you with my guest, Daniela Barrera, is awesome. Uh, she's an amazing baker. I have no doubt at some point should be considered world class. I've, uh, if you followed along with the show, I used Daniela to help out with desserts for some of my previous guests, and I'll continue to use her in the future. Uh, she does amazing work. It was a pleasure for me to have her over and to be the guest herself this week instead of just making the desserts for the guests. Although she did make her own dessert for the show as well. She came over and I guess that the night before the early morning, she was prepping uh, the tiramisu. And then I asked her to kind of do the finishing touches over at my place so we could get some extra behind the scenes content. And she was hanging out with my brother and grandma and girlfriend and showing us how she works. So I'm, I'm excited for you to hear that conversation. She's really competitive person, really disciplined. When she sets her mind to something, you can tell she's probably going to pull it off, at least from what I've gotten to know about her. Uh, this podcast is two days late. I apologize. I like to get them out on Tuesdays just to be consistent, but I've had some stuff going on. Everybody knows how life gets sometimes, so it's no excuse, but I just had to handle some things. Uh, again, that's why I want to keep this intro short I'm not even going to have a closing segment I'm going to let the uh, the conversation with Daniela speak for itself because this is a great episode not a, a really good time hanging out with her so 
without further ado, we're going to dive into my conversation with the talented baker, Daniela Barrera. mine got it made for a few of us it's like it's actually like a little facebook group um it's called stick sisters one of my favorite bands uh stick figure and they like made them for like five bucks to raise money for the some some foundation i can't remember and so like when we go to concerts and stuff we know we've met another member because they have the bracelet oh it's very unique that's cool you were telling us off air while we were uh, preparing the dessert you're a third generation baker. So your grandma on your mother's side? My grandma on my mother's side, and, my, and her daughter, my mom, and then me. So tell me about what it was like growing up in grandma's kitchen or what that family life. Well, and you're, what's five year old Daniela's home life like? Five year old Daniela. God, I gotta think back that far. Um, She is probably outside running around while her mom is in the kitchen doing what she does, probably making some homemade tortillas. If it's fall season, we're probably doing pumpkin rolls, pumpkin empanadas. Uh, but how do you pronounce it? I always have trouble. I'm I'm Hispanic, but I have trouble like rolling my arms and whatnot. Yeah, all that. I'll be trying to roll them too it's, much. It's hard. <laughs> um, pan de polvo was another one, but that's just something we keep like year round. Pumpkin is what I've been on and thinking about right now, just cause obviously fall's coming around fall and it makes me think of like, I don't know, just it, I just told my mom the other day, actually, it makes me think of my grandma. Cause um, we, she used to do like pumpkin rolls and empanadas. And so like what a pumpkin roll is, is it's a very thin piece of uh, cake. You make it in a very like a jelly roll pan, I think is what it is. And it's a very, um, it's a very short pan, very small pan. And it, Pumpkin rolls have always been something that have intrigued me and that I've been learning. They're they're an art in itself because um, you have to like get the pumpkin roll out and you have to move quick because you have to do this while it's warm. You have to roll it while it's warm. But you also have to make sure not to forget to put the parchment paper or anything else in between it because if not, it'll stick. But you do that. You take it out the oven. You roll it. You stick it in the fridge so it can cool and set up uh, in a roll. And then while that's in there, you make the cream cheese frosting just really simple it's just cream cheese uh powdered sugar butter vanilla. And vanilla. vanilla yep no nope. i don't think butter in that one i was learning with my brother the mm-hmm. to sidestep for a second here we were in tennessee recently and we had some cinnamon rolls and the icing mm-hmm. got messed up and he's like dude powdered sugar and butter and just keep messing with the consistency and it tasted just like yeah. the cinnamon roll butter i was like ah, i love cinnamon rolls it's so easy to change my life yeah. when you don't think about it two ingredients yep so being back in your your grandma's kitchen are you like stuck at her hip or are you close to your mom at that point like is your, mom, is your grandma living with you guys? Like, it's a big family. Right? Yes, it is. Um, actually, my grandma used to live in the valley. That's where my family's from. Uh, my mom and my dad, actually. But, <clears throat> so, we just, we used to go over there often. Family was a big thing for us. My mom would go visit my grandma. And, I mean, when I was a kid, I didn't really think about it much. When I think about, like, five-year-old me, though, I do think about, I was, I was one who got up early. My dad was one who got up early, and my grandma. And when we were there, you know, we usually go to like the little panaderias that were there, the Mexican bread places, sweet breads. And I always remember having like a, it's called a concha. And what mm. it is, is just a yes. Yes, they're my favorite. And it's literally just like a piece of like sweet roll. Bread. With, yeah. yeah with like thick, a, right? Uh-huh. Kind of thick. 
they're thick and they're fluffy and oh, they're so good. You have it with coffee. That'd be good to yeah. dip in coffee. Right. They were. It's a good coffee bread. And um, but and, I mean, at the time, I was a child, so. Grandma's waking like, up early in know. the kitchen, yep. cooking all day for yep. the family. She's making breakfast for my dad, and my dad's sitting there, and you know we're just all three enjoying a cup of coffee. My grandma's at the stove. Grandma was always at the stove. Dad or sitting at the table. That was her spot. Yep, it was her spot, and it has become my spot very easily, too. No, that's one of the things <laughs> um, I like. I've always been kind of gravitated to Hispanic culture. There's something about like the abuela in the kitchen, yeah. where the food is good, and she's the sweetest lady, but she'll also snap at you like, hey. <laughs> Mira. Uh, my grandma was very much like that. She would tell you how it was, and you and better not get in her way either. And it's disrespectful if you don't eat the food. You yep. don't ever say, I'm full, or you don't ever say, I'm not hungry. You eat. You don't ever accept what, or don't accept what isn't put in front of you. Yeah. And if you don't eat it, they're going to ask you what was wrong. So uh, growing up, before the creative aspect of it, you were a soccer player since you were three years old. Mm -hmm. Like year-round. I played baseball year-round. I didn't have time for other things. Right. You know, yes. I liked writing as a kid, but didn't write a lot. I never got to play football or basketball because I was so absorbed with baseball right so that's you in soccer specifically in high school you kind of had an interest already of doing a culinary class but soccer was your obsession right right, right it was um so that actually pulled me away and it didn't even really pull me away from it because i actually remember being in high school and like i would just make cake balls and like little things um to take with me to school and i would like sell them for like a dollar a piece and like in my classes the people i knew um you know, just like a dollar for like a little cake ball, whatever. So it wasn't ever something I actually, I think, wasn't into or didn't do because I still was doing it at home. It just, it wasn't my main focus. Priority. Mm -hmm. So you're a very competitive person too. And that, that translates a lot towards baking, correct? I'm very competitive and I'd even go as far to say as I, I'm very disciplined. Um, and I think the sports and soccer obviously help that. Mixed together that way. Well, yeah. baking specifically, even more so than cooking, it's all discipline. If you're off with just that much more baking powder, the whole dish is ruined. Yeah, or... it, baking is a science. It, it really is. I've, I've actually learned that. And that's actually weirdly kind of pulled me into it more and is actually why I want to get the degree I want to get in uh, baking and pastry because I I want to learn like the science behind it why it happens this way and not this way why if you put this in here it'll make this fizzle up over here but if you don't over here you know it'll make the cake flat flat yeah. that's that's something actually I've really gotten into the last maybe like two years okay would you consider yourself an OCD person do you label yourself OCD or would somebody else say she's OCD I don't think they would say I'm OCD. I think they would say I'm very detail oriented, very meticulous. I'm very well. That's just out of respect. Then you respect your craft. I do. It doesn't necessarily mean OCD. To right. Have I'm not like you have to do it this way and this way and my way. It's more of okay if you can get it done and it still gets done like you know the right way. Yeah. And this way it just so happens to work for you. Enjoy um, your journey. Just right. get to this destination. Right. Right. Because I don't know. I think everybody's different. No. No two hands make things the same. Um, so, and I even go as far to say, like, even when you make something the first time, it doesn't necessarily mean, like, it's going to come out that exact way the second time because baking is so much science. If you have baking powder over here and it's new, it's not going to come out the same as if you make baking, if you use baking powder for something else and it's a little older. Because I, I want to say it's some sort of, like active ingredient in it that like gets old or baking soda, I think is actually what I'm referring Even to. Even the same as you can have your ingredients and 
knowing your oven is a huge thing. Right. And getting the temperature yep. right. You can make the oh. same. You can make mm-hmm. it the best uh, tres leches ever. And then you're going to make it for your friend and you've been bragging about it. And, hey, we're going to make it here. And you do it in their oven. And it's not the same. It's not going to be the same. Yeah. Right. And mm-hmm. that's just oven temperature. Actually, that's funny that you say that because uh, doing things at home versus doing things commercial is different as far as oven. That was actually something um, at the place I'm working at now, Craven Cakes, um, that we've had to learn as we go because we're, we were all home bakers. So, you know, we all know our own oven separately, but having to come in and learn this commercial style oven has been a, a journey in itself. I bet you it was um, intimidating on day one. Did you feel you always had that natural confidence? Yep. So you were like, I can figure this out. It, Yeah. I, I, I mean, I remember being nervous because, you know, it's a new job. It's somebody else's. Like, somebody else is watching me. But it's also like, okay, I do this. Like, <laughs> this is what I do. Yeah. I know I'll figure it out. There'll probably be a mess up or two here or there because it happens. But I'll Supposed figure it out. Happen. Yeah, right. So getting back into high school, you just graduated. Were there aspirations to do college soccer did you have anything going that route or did you know when you graduated okay i'm done with soccer where do Uh, i go next actually my my dad um wanted me to do like the women's dash uh oh tryouts yeah Yeah, that that team is around right in houston he wanted and it was still really new when he it was still really new when he um or when he when i had gotten out of high school so it um i don't know he was like just do it just go for it and i was like yeah because i liked soccer i enjoyed it but i it wasn't to the point where like i knew i wanted to make it my professional career yeah i just it was something i really really enjoyed doing you didn't want to put in to make it a professional career that's gonna be a 12-hour day time training practicing all the drills and it almost takes the fun out of it at that point right you start to realize all this feels like a job yeah i love it and i mean it it probably would have been just like anything else you know, but um, and I actually did continue to play for a few more years. I think I actually stopped playing when I was about twenty-one. Okay, so um, doing like intramural stuff or co-ed mm-hmm. leagues or like around town. Yeah, my my old coach actually from high school that was like outside that I did outside league with. He tried to pick up like a women's team, so we were here, but we had to travel to Houston because that was the only place like a women's team was like yeah. you know allowed or not allowed, but. Um, you can get enough people to a, play, yeah. enough uh, interest. Right, right. So we would practice, try to practice. It was hard. It was tough because at that point you're an adult and you have, you bills. know, your yeah bills in your life. And I mean, we were all 18 to 25 ish, 20 or maybe not 25, maybe like 23 ish yeah. on the team. Right. And so it was it was hard for my coach. I remember he would get very frustrated because it was hard to get us together because we have our own, you know, separate Lives. schedule. And I mean, at the time I was still young, I still didn't have much going. So like I was able to be there. I remember one game, like specifically, I think we had like seven players and well, to complete a soccer team, what do you need? Yeah, something like that. So we had to play with seven players, no subs. <laughs> and Against a fully. Yeah, a full team <laughs> full that had team. subs. And <laughs> I just, I don't know. I remember for me specifically, I can't say the same for my old teammates, but I remember for me specifically, like I was a goalkeeper. So I was, <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly. Did you take that ass whooping like a, like a grown up? You yeah, took it on the chin? I mean, you had to, you know, you, there's nothing you can do. Um, Life lessons involved. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. There's I think some that kind of the, parallel. There was one of, it was just one of those like, dang, we got whooped. But, you know, 
I knew I was giving all I could there. And yeah, that's almost like being down playing undermanned is like having to bake something or cook something, and you only got this many eggs. So we <laughs> got to like substitute something else to help give it body or. You know, right, it, it yeah. could teach you lessons like that. Yeah. Um, so you've met your best friend now. It's been six years. You were telling me earlier how if you would have took that culinary class in high school, you would have met your best friend sooner. How, I, how did y'all meet? Actually, so funny thing, we went to like, what is it, startup together? I think it's what it's called. It's like pre-K where you go and like drop your kids off. And oh, it's like okay. kind of school. Um, Mrs. Boggs, I think is what it was called at the time. Did you go there? Too? Did we have Mrs. Boggs or something? I'm looking, I'm talking to my brother here off camera. Mrs. Boggs sounds familiar. Mrs. Anyway. At, uh, pretty much everybody went to is Mrs. It Angleton? Boggs. Yes. There's Miss Boggs for sure. Yeah. First or second grade. Mrs. Boggs. Um, and it was, a uh, you know, it's just like one of those little startup pre-K things. And we actually met there. And it's so funny because one day we were like going through pictures and stuff after, you know, we had been hanging out for a while and we found a picture of like us together, like sitting at a table. And I was like, holy crap. Didn't even know y'all yeah. knew each other. But anyways, going back to the high school. Yeah, I wanted to do culinary. I couldn't because I was also in soccer and it was I couldn't do two double block classes at the same time. Um, and she started doing culinary, I think, her sophomore year, I want to say. Tori is her name, Victoria, but I call her Tori. Um, Did you kind of look up towards her since she had kind of a foot in the door before you? Did you kind of lean on her at the beginning uh, so you I felt safer starting out? Yes, I think so. Because honestly, how it started was I I was meal prepping. I, I had gotten a job in a gym um, around here, and I started just meal prepping for the people out of there. And she started helping me. And well, she did cakes and stuff. And I think she asked me for help one day. I'm not really sure how it happened, but it was just more so, more or less, it was, hey, I like doing this. You like doing this. We should do it together. All right, cool. And our friendship honestly blossomed from that because, you know, she liked it the same way I did. She had the same respect for it the same way I did. And um, it it would it was so funny because we talk about it all the time. It literally went from like, okay, we have cake orders. So you're just going to stay at my house and we'll just chill, you know, we'll just chill, get it done. And it turned into her actually coming and like we became roommates um, in the guest house in my house. Wow. Because you know, we started like doing cakes and stuff together. And it just I mean, she stayed over there because we would do it together. Might as well bring your toothbrush. Right. And- yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. That's what happened. And she's just like, hey, mom, I'm going to I'm going to move in with Danny because we're doing this. You know, we're doing this cake thing and cool. it's going. So. Yeah. Did y'all both start at Cravem at the same time? She works with you, correct? Yes, she does. Did y'all start there at the same time? Did you go to her first <laughs> saying, hey, there's this opening, they need some people? Or I she- did, okay. actually. I got the job and I was like, hey, look, because we were actually working at Kroger together at the time. Okay. And funny enough, she uh, she helped me get that job there. And we started working together there. And then we both left. Were you doing bakery work at Kroger? I'm just wondering, curious. Yes. Or like bagging grocery or... It was baking. Okay, we cool. were We both worked in the baking department. She was a cake Seeing decorator and I was the baker. Yeah, yeah, we kept that theme there. So she got you on there. Right. And she was working there when you started to crave them. And yeah. you were like, yo, And I was like, hey, this yo, leave Kroger this. Business. Let's go over here. Yeah. This place is an artisanal shop. Yep. It's in a cute little neighborhood. Yep. Freedom. A little, what you might a think would be freedom. freedom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So y'all been there six years? Uh, no, no, we've been working together six years. We've been at Cravem. Uh, it'll be a year in like another week or two, I think, actually, that we've been at Cravem. Um, 
yeah, I, I got the job and then I told my boss, hey, look, I know another baker who's really great. I've worked with her for years. I know what she does. She knows what I do. Like we bounce off each other very well. Chemistry. Yep. And she, you know, she she interviewed her. She hired her. I bet you even if one of y'all was, let's just say, hypothetically, somebody was lacking in talent and y'all weren't close to being oh. equal. Just the, the <laughs> chemistry in that work environment would be a plus. It you're like, oh, this person doesn't have the technique. You could say, oh, she's great. We need to have her. But even if not, it would still be you get that chemistry around. It definitely um, we definitely feed off each other in that we have what one does lack. So I may not be so great at. I'm going to use this this one because I know it's true. I may not be so great. I'm still very new at like learning how to pipe flowers and stuff. Tori's a badass at it. She's very, very good at like piping. And so what I have, she may not, but what she doesn't, I do. Yeah. And I think that's why we work so well together, the literal opposites, but our thinking is similar. Yeah, it's cool. Do you ever have competitions? Like, I make apple pie better than you. Actually, no. No? Yeah. Just it's, for fun? No, Where's the competitive the, streak at? We, we, we're not competitive with each with other. Each other. But with everybody else? So that's the like definition of team, too. Yep. Where's the kind of person, like, Sometimes with team aspects, like when they're not on your team, you probably can't stand this person or their attitude or the way they play. But when they're on your team, you're like, I got their back. Yeah. And that's how it very much is. I got my back. You got yours. And we are honest enough with each other to know what we lack in and know that that person can pick it up and do it. Yeah. But yeah. Anybody else? No, we're better than you. Well, that stuff transcends any kind of relationship, too, whether it's friendship dating and when you have that chemistry with somebody it's right. hard to find it is and i'm very very grateful a lot tori and i are both self-taught um she's actually going to school right now like online uh to get her degree in um in baking and pastry online baking class uh -huh. like zoom everybody got their camera in the kitchen and yeah I mean, sort of kind of it's like they're they're online baking like she's going to college for it online um, and, and obviously it's not always just about the baking part. Like there's classroom work. I'm yeah, sure. there is. It's, it's just like getting on at BC and having to do your, you know, like biology, all this like readings and tests and quizzes. It's yeah. the same thing. It's not just you're in the kitchen a lot, but you also have to learn the, the science end of it or the food costs or, you know, restaurant management. And that's, yeah. that would, would be culinary school. So you do all this baking, but you were telling me earlier you're not a sweets person. Yes and no. I think I have my moods for when I'm in sweets, um, but I think maybe it's just more so that like I work around it so much that it's not so tempting. Like yeah. you know, I mean, obviously you have to taste something for the sake of quality, and that's when I think I know something is really good because like I want to go back for it. Yeah, you take a little taste. You take a little taste, and you're like, oh heck yeah. Go back with the spoon. So I'm curious, from my experience as a bartender, I used to never really care for Moscow mules. But vodka, Moscow ginger, mules. lime, they were tart. And I never, I think the ginger threw me off because I always liked margaritas. But right. anyway, like from bartending, you always would straw test, make sure it tastes good. And after a while, I was like, oh, I love this drink. The right. mint, getting real intricate with it, slapping the mint, making sure you crush the ice, just the amount of lime juice. So I'm wondering with you, maybe you didn't always like sweets or you can take it or leave it. Was there something that you normally didn't care for, but you taste tested enough to where now you're like, I could have a slice of that. Is there anything that sticks out to where like your palate changing or refining? I didn't like this as a kid yeah. and I eat it now. I love it. Like black olives or something random. Black olives. Ugh. Black olives. No. But OK. Sorry. I'm just not a fan no, of no, olives. No, you're good. But I think 
I think my palate has changed in that, like, you know how we were saying earlier um, that you want to be more descriptive with it. So instead of just, oh, this is good. Oh, this is really rich. You know, I can taste this like richness of this tiramisu or taste the, you know, little tartness of this carrot cake that has some, mm -hmm, that has something in it. I I would say it's gotten a little more refined and I've learned more how to use my words um, as far as baking and tasting that that's the word tasting. let me think. It's a whole language. In it is. In and of itself. It yeah. is. Um, I think coffee is actually something I didn't really used to like, obviously. I think maybe when you become an adult, it's just something that happens. First, you drink it for fuel and yeah. not flavor. Now, yeah. Now, now you I appreciate drink, it. Now I respect a good cup of coffee. I never used to drink black coffee, but if it's really, really good, I'll definitely drink it. Drink it black. Yep. That's how I was being in the service industry. You don't drink it for flavor. People are like cream sugar. Mm-hmm. I would get it fresh out of the brewer, but I'd serve it over ice just so I could chug it and get it over with. Right. You know? But you can definitely start to tell, like just having when you were doing a French roast earlier, grinding the beans and having that coffee versus even Folgers, which is a great brand, right. but it's just different. Right. Yeah. yeah. You, you're, you're putting a little more, I think, respect into what you're doing. And uh, I think that that's very apparent a lot of with what Tori and I do. And I say Tori and I because it's not just myself. Um, We respect what we do. And I think it shows. Yeah, you can tell the difference in somebody taking a bite. But like you got these beans that you roasted for this coffee. You got it from a small farmer's market here locally. Right. And you didn't have to go out of your way to do that. You could have used Folgers brewed coffee. And honestly, to unrefined palates, maybe like us, my family or something with the tiramisu, we eat this, we wouldn't even know the difference. Right. But you do it for yourself, you know. And right. there, you do taste the difference. At the you, end. you respect it because you want to give your customer, and, and I'm sure it's the same with your bartending, you want to give your customer not only a good drink but a good experience. Yeah. Um, it's not just the fact that I could go to go get some Folgers coffee and put it in there and it'd be great. But I like to go one step further to give you that. And you may not even know it, but that may also be the thing that's making it taste so great. And that might make you want to come back. Come back, which obviously that's why you're essentially the cake sponsor for this show right now. (laughs) Yeah, for that reason. It's like, oh, I know who I'm reaching out to. I don't need to reach out to other people at this point. Uh, We were doing the tiramisu specifically today Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, I'm recording you. And like, what's your favorite dessert? And I'll figure out how to do it. Because me and Lily were talking about making it ourselves for you. But right away, you said, well, I love making it anyway. So I'm like, cool. (laughs) Um, Break that break down that recipe you were doing for me as far as, you know, starting up with the lady fingers. What did you learn? You were telling me what you learned with the lady fingers in the oven today. Oh, yeah. Just to begin with. Yeah. So that was actually cool. That literally I learned that this morning. Um, So I was doing this and. Sorry, my phone keeps going off. You're good. But, Busy um, lady. yes. Um, let me think. So I got up this morning to make the lady fingers, and they're a spongy cookie. Um, but the lady fingers, like, I don't know if you've ever, like, gotten lady fingers, like, in a store, but. They tend me. to be softer. Yes, they tend to be. No, actually, they tend to be crisp, like the ones that came out, like, not messed up, but like I left them in the oven. So they come out soft and I was a little, I wasn't really upset or anything, but I was just curious, you know, 
as to why they were coming out soft if like the paper the recipe i'm reading is telling me it's you know they should be a little crisp and it says in there to like quickly take them from the from the uh you let them cool for like two or three minutes and then you put them in into an airtight container but i think what happened here was i don't know a natural like way of thinking you put something hot in a closed container it's going to get soggy or not soggy but soft because you know there's no way for that air to trap so i left that in the oven not even thinking about it this morning before i went to go work out and you know i was like oh it'll be fine they'll get a little more crisp and they'll brown on the bottom but they actually in turn got like crisp the way i want them and i think because they sat in that like hot air it's stale in there you know it's stale hot air and so they got crisp, and that was that was something really cool. It was a new little discovery. Happy accident. It was a or very happy accident. Or you meant to pull them out and put them in a container, yep. but you just left them in the oven. I didn't have time. I was like, crap, I got to leave. Okay, well, I can't leave them out because, like, my animals might eat them. Yeah. So I had to put, yeah, I had to leave them in the oven. And, um, and it worked it, out. So the next time you make a tiramisu, you're probably going to do that on purpose. I'm going to definitely do that on purpose. Yeah. It worked out great. And so even just meeting up here to talk, even not necessarily to promote or even talk about your story, but lining this up, coming to hang out, led you to making this dessert. And now no matter what we take from anything else out of this, every time you make a tiramisu now, 30 years from now, you be leaving that shit in the oven like, I remember that guy. I was making it for that one guy yep. with the and show. And it was an accident and it worked. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, I've learned with baking, um, sometimes your accidents actually turn into, obviously, your greatest discoveries yeah. that actually things you want to learn or were wanting to get to. One other thing that I learned today, one thing I can take away no matter what is when we were, you were whipping the heavy cream. Mm hmm. Uh, you had told me a secret you'd learned from your grandma was before you ever want to whip anything. And I brought this to mashed potatoes myself, <laughs> but um, take the big mixing bowl and stick it in the freezer. Right. What are we doing that for? So you do that to keep the heavy cream cold um, so it can get a little stiff because, I mean, it's obviously at a liquid state when you pour it in and it just keeps everything cold. That way, it. I want to say, I think the proper term is congeal. Congeal. Um, and I mean, put the, put the bowl in the freezer before you use it. Right. Most people, like us laymans, we're just going to get the mixing bowl out of the thing, like the instructions say, get a large mixing bowl and whip it, blah, blah, blah. But if we know now in advance, hey, for 15, 20 minutes, throw in the freezer. Right. And then it helps the consistency better. Right, right. It does. It helps hold its um, hold its like shape, really, is what it is. And even then, it was still a little soft for my liking, but it was fine. Well, my uncle specifically is a big <laughs> potato fan. He'll just eat potatoes all the time, but he'll do, you know, like chop up a big whole potato and mash them himself. So I want to give him this wisdom and let him try it and yeah, see what he thinks. Yeah, see what happens. If, um, so obviously, like, you still work for a company. Eventually, one day, you want to have your own spot, yep. you know, years down the road after school. Right. So kind of like now is almost like an internship. Right, yes. If people still want to find your work, you work at Cravem and like Jackson, but if people just want to see your work, um, how do we find you on social media? I actually, um, I have an Instagram. I think it is the underscore bar 14. Um, we're actually working on a website for Cravem right now, and you'll actually be able to, there'll be little icons for the cake decorator. So it'll be Tori and myself oh, and my cool. boss. Yeah. And we actually got a little Instagram, uh, what's it called? Hashtag. And, um, That'll be one way you can find me. Uh, my hashtag will be Deco by Danny, and it'll take you to the Craven website, and you'll be able to see all you know the things I've done there, uh, the cakes I've created there. But I'm also working on a portfolio for myself. 
um, just to have because I think it's a good thing to have. Right. Uh, sure. Just so, you know, when people ask, hey, what do you do or, you know, what have you done? I can pull this out. You know, this, so, this is what I've done. Essentially a resume. Right. In our industry. That's it why is. I think a lot, too, in regards to me is just always <laughs> record something. Right. Always have that audio. Maybe you go back and edit it or only need a clip of it later. Right. But just record because. That's a resume. Right. Yeah. yeah. For you, it is. Right. That's that's your resume. And pictures of what I do is, you know, mm-hmm. it's mine. Oh, well, just to be sincere and honest, like, I'm glad you came. I appreciate every time you help out with the show and want to donate and yeah, no seeing problem. the passion in your eyes. Like, we get excited. If people heard my episode last week with Jackie, how that carrot cake situation worked out, right. you know, where you wanted to make one and that happened to be your oh, favorite dessert. That was great. And that's what we needed. Stuff like this is what I love doing it. Right. So I consider, I always call Bash like the godfather of the show. Like, I don't know what we call you, like, baker of the show, essentially, <laughs> but, like, you're cake and conversations. You know what I'm saying? At wherever this show goes, the more audience it gets, you want to bring a team along with you. So right, right. I'll always remember that, and I go back to the same people. I know? definitely uh, appreciate it I, from the bottom of my heart. It is such a pleasure and an honor. Um, this, Like you said, this is my passion. This is what I love to do. If I could do it for free. I would, and I think it's the same with you. I can tell yeah. if you could. Obviously, you do this do for free, relatively for free. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and I mean, at some point, you know, Tori and I were doing it for free too. I mean, we were spending more money than what we were making, but you know, we were getting better at our craft. Right. That's how we saw it. So, you know, it wasn't really necessarily we're losing. We're just investing. Investing in yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm sure I'll have you on again soon. You're gonna. I'll be featuring you all the time anyway. But yeah, again, <laughs> thanks for coming on. No problem.